into the hands of the Philistine 40 years. I hope you're following me. It says the children of Israel did evil again. Mean that that meant that they, they kept doing evil. So it must be a repetitive things. And it says because they did evil again, it says the Lord, the Lord. It didn't say the devil. The Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. The Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistine because they did evil over again. Verse 2 says, And there were a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. Verse 5, For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistine. First thing I want you to know, that it wasn't the parents that says no razor should come upon his head. It was the angel of the Lord that says no razor should come upon his head. And then listen to this. And then the scripture went on and says, he shall deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistine. If you're following it, the people sinned. They did evil continually. And God allowed them to be captive to the Philistines. He allowed the Philistine to take them. But God allowed this barren woman to bear a son. And that son was going to come and deliver them out of the hands of the Philistines. See what's going on? That happens all the time with us and we don't even realize it. We disobey God so much that God says, I'm leaving you alone. I'm going to let your enemy take you over. I'm going to let your enemy control you. Since you won't listen to me, I'm turning you over to your enemy and he's going to control you. But here is where we say God is merciful because he's always doing that. He's always allowing us when we reject him, when we disobey him, he's always trying to get our attention. And so he will still deliver us even after he allows us to be in captives of our enemy. Verse 6. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told he me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst sin come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. I love that. I read that. I said, man, God, that's pretty smooth. So the woman 
was visited by the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord told her that she will bear a son and he will be the deliverer to the children of Israel. But the angel of the Lord never told her husband. He was someplace else when it happened. The wife came home and told her husband what the angel of the Lord said unto her. She had a visitation from the angel and she told her husband what the angel said. And the husband said, oh, really? And he prayed and says, God, if this is what you told her, I need to know about this. And God, doing things like he do, keeping things in order, made sure the husband found out. Let him get proof for himself as well. So let's read the proof here. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste. Hold on, hold on, I went too far. Verse 9. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man had appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. So the angel of the Lord visited her again. Her husband still wasn't in the vicinity, but she said, Hold on. I got to go get my husband because when you told me the first time, he was not here and he really don't believe me. Just trying to make... That, let's be honest. That's what she, he need to know just like I know. He needs to know for sure. So she said, hold on, let me go get my husband. And he came and, and, and came to the man and said unto him, art thou the man that speakest unto the woman? And he said, I am. So Manoah came and asked the angel, are you speaking, are you the one that was speaking to my wife? And he said, yes, I am. And Manoah said, now let thy words come to pass. How shall we Order the child, and how shall we do unto him? Manoah says, how are we going to raise this child up? First of all, Manoah knew his wife was barren. And so now the angel of the Lord is saying, she's going to have a child. So Manoah says, okay, if that's the way it is, well, I need to know how I'm going to raise this child that you're telling me she's going to have. So that's where we are. So, 14. She may not eat, he says, she may not eat, hold on, and the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, of all that I said unto the woman, let her be aware. She may not eat of everything that cometh on the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing that I commanded her, let her observe. Verse 13, and Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. Talking about a goat. Well, lamb if you want. He's like, well, stay so we can get a goat or a lamb and, you know, prepare a meal for you. You've been a blessing to us. It's always a good thing. When a man of God, a woman of God bless you, you make sure you be a blessing to them. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou will offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. Man, even the angel of the Lord is saying, Listen, I'm only the messenger. Don't offer me nothing. Don't even bow down to me. You'd give all that to God. 17, and Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, what is thy name? 
that when the sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor. Again, he's trying to honor the, the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name? See it, it in, in secret. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. And Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass when the flame went upward towards heaven from off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar and Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would at, would as at this time have told us such things. So the man said, we've seen God, so we're going to die. You know why he said that? There's a scripture that God told Moses, you can't see my glory, because if you see my glory, you will die. So the angel of the Lord came to them, and they felt like that was God. So Manoah was like, we've seen God, so it means we're going to die, because nobody see God and live. So that's what he was saying, but his, his smart wife, that is godly, said, no, 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 no. First of all, after all that was said to us, we did a burnt offering, a sacrifice unto the Lord, and he received it. And second of all, how are we going to die when he says we're going to have a child? She was smart, wasn't she? And so we understand. So now we go to Judges chapter 14, verse 1. Through four. Judges chapter 14, verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistine. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all the people that thou goest to take a wife of an uncircumcised Philistine? Question mark. So he went, he saw a woman from the people that's not like his people, the people that really had them in captivity. And he saw her and said, Woo, look at that chick. And he went home and told his mom and dad, I want her. Can y'all get her for me? And they said, well, why are you looking at those girls? Why wouldn't you have a girl that's like our kind? Take my glasses off on that. Because we, we, we this, this stuff here that we're going to be talking about tonight is so rich and so, so, so clear in what God expects from us. And what he's saying is, if you're a man of God or a woman of God, if you belong to God, why are you going to shop for somebody to be your spouse outside of who you are? And and the mother and father had heard from God. This is how y'all want you to raise your child. 
So young people, the way you're living, God already gave your parents instructions for how they need to raise you. And you're despising it saying, no, 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 I like her. And you don't understand that God don't want you to have her or God don't want you to have him because God said you've been set apart and set aside for God's purpose. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Set apart or set aside for God's purpose. And so when God does that for you, he doesn't want you to mingle with everything else. Only those that which is like your kind. And you see it all the time where we're struggling with who we're going to connect with. And But he shows like he cares about me or she cares about me. But at the end of the day, listen to your parents. And Samson said unto his father, get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. What I've been telling you. We've been living this Christian life to please ourselves. That's all we think about. Everything we do that's anti-God, it only comes back to because it pleased me. That's why I want to look this way. That's why I want to act this way because it pleased me. But if you are set aside for God, where are we now? If God set you aside for his purpose, why is it because it pleased you? He set you aside for his purpose. Once we establish that, then we should never have to, well, this is how I feel. Well, this is just how I think. Well, you've been set aside for God. How is that going to work? Told you, when God told me to go start Christ Center Church, the words he used to me, are you going to obey man or obey God? And the man he was talking about was me. He wasn't talking about nobody else because we are our own worst enemy when it comes down to God working in our lives. We are our own worst enemy. It's not people. God can shut people down and try to stop you because I'm going to go as far as to tell you when you've been set aside for God, if anybody messes with you, God will take them out. God do not tolerate people attacking or try to stop who he has set aside. If ye, if, if, if you try to mess with what God has set aside for his purpose, God will shut you down. So the only person that can stop what God has set aside is the person God has set aside. Nobody else can stop it. So, so you don't have to worry about Anybody getting in your way? Well, why is this happening? How is this? Come on, all these things are getting in my way. All these things are slowing me down. No, they're not. It can't slow you down when God says this is what you're going to be. Nothing can stop you but you. So, but his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistine for at that time the Philistine had dominion over Israel. So it was a no-go. Daddy wasn't pleased with that. Mama wasn't pleased with that because they knew that's not what God wanted for their son. And so they wouldn't give in to it. Let's jump down to verse 15. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, He married her anyway. He married the woman, the Philistine woman that his parents said, leave her alone. He married her. 
And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn thee and thy father's house with fire. Have ye not, have ye called us to take that we have? It is not so. And Samson's wife wept before him and said, Thou dost but hate me and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto the children of my people and hast not told it me. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother, and shall I tell it to thee? Question mark. So what happened was Samson told a riddle and, and didn't give the answer. And so what they did was, because everybody, oh man, I can go all day on this. I'm, I might be all over the place. This is so good. Because Samson had been set apart, set aside for the purpose of God, wherever he went and whatever he did, people knew he was special right off the bat. They knew this dude is different. And so when they knew it, they tried to get him on their side, but he wouldn't. So when he married one of their people, they said, oh, we know how to get him now. So when Samson told a riddle and nobody could guess it, they didn't go to Samson. They knew Samson was the man. They went to his wife and said, you one of us. You better make him tell us. So you, you force him. You the one laying down at night with him. You force him to tell us the riddle. If not, we're going to burn down your father's house. So she went to Samson. Honey, honey, you, you, you making my life miserable. Why don't you tell me the riddle so I can tell them? Because if I don't know the riddle and I don't tell them, they're going to take advantage. They're going to burn my father's house down. See what happened when you get mixed up with the wrong people? Now they're starting to do stuff to you and your family. And you're wondering what's going on because you connected with the wrong people. Now let's jump down to verse 20. Verse 20 says, But Samson's wife was given to his companion whom he had used as his friend. So what ended up happening, Samson married the Philistine, which he wasn't supposed to. He got issues, problems out of it. And so finally her dad says, Samson caused this problem. He's causing problems. You know what? He can't care that much about you. You know what his dad did? Gave his daughter to somebody that Samson knew to go lie with her. So now Samson's wife has been given to somebody else. Now he's out of a wife and there's nothing he can do about it because it was her father that gave her to somebody else. You married the wrong kind of people, dude. You got mixed up with the wrong kind of people. Things look all nice. You see the pretty girl or the pretty guy, and they look all good, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not until you connect with them that you're going to realize you married to the devil. It's too late then. It's going to cost you a whole lot of issues. It's going to cost you a lot of turmoil because you married to the devil. But of course, the devil don't act like the devil when you first meet him. The devil don't show his hand. You think he show his hand? No, he don't. All right, let's jump to chapter 16, and then we'll start diving into this. After Chapter 16, verse 1 says, Then Samson went to Gaza and saw there a harlot, a whore, and went in unto her. So now they stole, they took his wife, gave it to somebody else. He said, well, I'm going to get me another chick. Samson had a problem with women. 
So because the wife was gone, he went and found him a harlot and went with her. Verse 4. And it came to pass afterwards that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was finally Delilah came on the scene. So you see, you see, you see the pattern. He went after some woman that wasn't, he was, wasn't supposed to go after. Dad and mom said, no. But he went and married her anyway. Then after that, he met up with some whore, same kind of woman, went after her again. Then finally he met up with Delilah. Another one that's from the Philistine tribe. Somebody that's not like him again. Jump down to verse 4. And it came to pass afterwards that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. And verse 5. And the lords of the Philistine came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth. And by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and that we may give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. They knew they couldn't stop Samson. They knew he was anointed of God and that God had called him and set him aside to do wonderful things. And the only way they knew they could have stopped him was to get to the woman that was closest to him. That still go on today. The devil still try to get to a man of God's wife. The devil still try to get to a man of God's children because that's what he tries to use to weaken the man of God. All because the children won't listen or all because the man won't listen. Wife won't listen. But it all started with the man getting with the wrong kind of people. Let's jump down to 25. And we'll finish up here. Then we'll get into discussion a little bit here. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistine for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two pillars, the middle pillars upon which he the, the house stood, and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistine. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then 
his brethren and all his, the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Estol in the burying place of Manoah, his father, and he judged Israel 20 years. A lot of stuff going on there. A lot of stuff going on there. Samson never maximized his potential because he had an issue with these women. Samson's birth was prophesied to his parents by an angel sent from God. Samson's mother had been barren, yet she received this angelic visitation which culminated with a miracle of conception and the They named him Samson and raised him as the angel had instructed them. He was live or he lived a life of holy separation from all others to fulfill a destiny given him by God. The details of his life. Every one of you in here was born for a purpose, set aside for a purpose. And the purpose that God has in store for you will prevent you from being like everybody else. If you want to be like everybody else, you're going to abandon the purpose that God had created you for. You're going to abandon the purpose that God had set you aside for. So when God brought you into this world, he brought you in with clear purpose that he had in mind. You may not know the purpose now, but God never told Abraham the purpose right away. God don't tell us the purpose right away. He just let us walk into it and eventually we will understand it. We are all were born for a purpose and been set aside for that purpose, which means we can't mingle with anybody else that don't have a purpose like us. God was the one that told them, Samson need to be separated. Don't cut his hair. He got to eat a certain kind of food. He got to dress a certain kind of way. He's got to live a certain kind of way because he is the deliverer for my people, your brothers and sisters. He was brought here to deliver them. If he was brought here to deliver them, how he is, how is he going to be like everybody else? We fight hard to be like everybody else and don't realize we've been set apart. We've been anointed of God to do what God called us to do. We can't be like everybody else. No matter how much your flesh say, I want to be like everybody else, you can't be like everybody else. You will abandon your purpose in God if you're going to be like everybody else. I wish I could give you a different answer because... We have proven in our life that we want to, we want to fit in. 
We want to blend in. We want to get along with everybody. We want to, we want everybody to like us. And unfortunately, God's purpose for your life may prevent that. People may despise you and not like you. People may criticize you. People may talk about you and laugh at you. But guess what? God has brought you into this world and set you aside for His purpose. Now, are you going to let the criticism and the laughter and all those things get to you? Or are you going to say, I'm not worried about it. I was born for a purpose and God has set me aside and anointed me to accomplish great things. Not little things, but great things. What are you going to do? No doubt Samson lived in the shadow of an awareness of God's hand on his life. Samson knew God's hand was upon his life. It flavored what he ate. It hung down over his shoulder every day and it echoed in the wind each time he heard his name called. He was a man of destiny and purpose because of the special anointing on his life. You are a man and a woman of purpose and destiny because the anointing of God is upon your life for the purpose of God. Samson ended up having a hard time handling success is what it came down to. When you realize that everything you do just seem to prosper, you can become a little bit out of control. And nothing was able to stop Samson. And so because everything just seemed to be just flowing, everything that he touched, it was just, it, 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 it just flourished. Samson felt like he was invincible, which he was. But the success got to him. He became distracted with the attention he was getting and the power he was able to exert over his enemies. The success he enjoyed actually ended up turning his attention away from God. We always allow success to make us forget God. This is why the children of Israel always find themselves going back into captivity and God allows it. Because God put favor in their life. God blessed them with favor. God anointing is on their life. God has done great things for them and now they are just living in God's favor but as they're living the good life they let the good life become what the focus is and not the God of the good life. We always get in trouble when it gets good. This is why unfortunately this is human beings. We've seen it. We've always enjoyed the goodness of what the Lord does and forget about Him while we're enjoying it. Do we notice, do we understand that it's only during tragedy that we come together? Funerals, we always come together. If something bad happened in our country, we come together. But as long as life is good, we don't think about God, we don't pray to God, we don't do anything with God because life is good. But we don't realize the life that we're living that's so good is because God ordained it for us. We've been anointed and set aside for the purpose of God. And because that's the truth, we enjoy the success and forget about the God that gave us the success. We can't do that. we got to realize that the reason why we're experiencing success, 
why we're experiencing all this favor is because God had anointed us and set us aside for his purpose. And we're walking in that purpose. And as long as we're walking in that purpose, God will see to it that everything he promised will come to pass in our life. The purpose of God always accompanied the power of God. So as long as God brought me into a place of purpose and destiny, if I follow that, God's purpose will always show up in my life because I'm walking in His purpose. His power got to accompany me and no weapon formed against me can ever prosper because the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. God is the one that will take care of me because I'm walking in His purpose. Every one of you tonight have been set aside to an an anointed of God to accomplish his purpose. The question is, will you stay steadfast and walk where God wants you to walk? Or will you enjoy the success and forget about God? Or will you just totally abandon it because you despise the life you have to live in order to enjoy the success? That's what we do sometimes. We despise that life. I don't want to look like that. I don't want people to see me that way. So you reject what God has for you just to fit in, blend in, and please others. When what God has for you is so much more than what you can ever have for yourself or what anybody else can ever do for you. Why are we abandoning God's plan to fit into no plan? Because of what we like. Are we going to do the Samson thing? Man, I like that. And God says, you can't have that. But I like that. You cannot have that. I've anointed you and set you aside. You cannot have that. But I want that. And because God don't don't strong arm us and put our arms behind our back and says, no, you don't. Then guess what? We end up doing what we want. That's what Samson did. Sadly, Samson never measured up to his potential. Are you going to be that person that never measured up to your potential? If I'm in this and I know that I've got a long way to go, i got to just trust God. I want to measure up to my potential. Though his early years he lived a life of separation, he did not allow that to penetrate his thinking and values. He allowed his life to be driven by his appetites and his passion. Samson allowed his life to be driven by his appetite and by his passion. This this is what's happening to our people today. Even people that are the children of God and people that is not even following God. Our appetite and our passion has taken over in our life. And we have rejected God's word. We've rejected God's plan because our appetite and our passion became or is more important than what God's plan and purpose is for our life. That's kind of what's happening in our world today. Am I going to let anything, am I going to let anything, are you going to allow anything to get in your way for what God has purposed for you, the destiny God has for you, the anointing that God has for you? Will you allow anything to stop that? Anything? I don't think so. Can't let anything stop that. Though Samson was given everything he could have ever imagined in the way of gifting, God gifted him in preparation, he found himself with an unhealthy attachment to a person or people who 
desired nothing but to enrich themselves out of his failure. There are people, unfortunately, people behave like this. They live their life to hope others fail, thinking that that makes them look good. If, if you can just look bad while I'm with you, then I look good. That's not true. And so the Philistine women that Samson got involved with, they was not really into Samson more than they was in it for themselves. Those women that Samson entangled with, they was in it for themselves, not for Samson. They wasn't loving Samson. No, they, they was into this because they had their own agendas. One was a prostitute, so she needed money. The other one was a Philistine. She wasn't a Hebrew, so the bottom line was she wanted status. Delilah was greedy. She wanted money, so she went and got with Samson because they promised her she would get stuff if she would do stuff. That's the kind of stuff we were dealing, Samson was dealing with. Samson was ensnared with this relationship that even when he knew Delilah sought to see him bound in harm, he continued to lay his head in her lap. When your desires and your passion become so strong that you reject God's plan, you will know that the enemy or a situation is bad for you and say, but I'll just deal with that later. You will know that situation is really bad. You will know that that person is no good for you and you will still go in that direction and just say, well, you know, we'll see. Samson betrayed his commitment to God and then eventually betrayed the source of his secret covenant. Three times he found himself immediately under attack from the enemy, but he overcame them each time in spite of bad choices. So listen to this. Three times the enemy came up to Samson and God gave him the strength to defeat them. All three times they came after him, Samson still was messing with the wrong kind of people. So here is the lesson behind that. We think that because God has anointed us, and set us aside for his purpose, we think that while we may be doing wrong, and we still see a little bit of evidence of that God is doing some things in our life, we think that we're okay. So sometimes you have chosen to do contrary to what God says you are allowed to do, being anointed and separated, and you'll go ahead and do it, and it's contrary, and you'll see some good results. And you will you will mistake that good result for saying, I'm okay. God is still working with me. No, God has anointed you for a purpose, and if you're doing something within that purpose to still produce what God expects, God will allow it. But what happens is we keep pushing further and further away from God, thinking we don't need God now, because guess what? It's still working. The power that He gave me is still working. The things that I'm doing, it's still working out, even though I'm doing wrong according to God, and we keep doing that. But Sooner or later, we're going to go so far away from God. We're going to push His Word and everything so far away from us that we come to a place of no return. 
And when you get to the place of no return, your enemy will defeat you. The same people Samson had in times past destroyed and overcame without much effort bound him. So eventually, Samson got messed up. Delilah found out his power. And now she told him what his power was. And unfortunately, his power was stripped because he told his secret why he had power. A day came when Samson felt the familiar feeling and past victory brushed across his shoulder. And for the first time in a long time, he could reach back and run his fingers through his hair. Perhaps he began to reminisce of days gone when his covenant with God was his daily bread and God's grace forever crowned his head. So here's what happened. We know that Delilah found out Samson's secret. She told the Philistines, they came and cut Samson's hair, his lock, his seven lock that was in there, cut it, cut his hair off, and he had no more strength. So what God had given him, Lord have mercy, what God had, God, thank you. What God gave him for the purpose of God's sake, it no longer was able to work in his life. And because it was no longer able to work in his life, God can't do nothing with you or for you anymore. What I'm trying to tell you is when you abandon God's plan, God can't do nothing else with you. You're on your own. God's plan is more important to him than anything else you can think. Yes, we are the most important thing to God. Right? Because the plan that God has is to redeem us. The plan that God has is to save us. The plan that God has is to get us to eternal life with Him. That's His plan for us. But understand, the plan can't change because one of us messed up. And the one of us or the two of us or the five of us or the thousands of us that mess up, God will not change the plan, but he will say, I can't do nothing with you once you mess up to the point where you gave away your power that he gave you for the job. That's what we have here. Anytime you start doing your thing and not God's thing, God has no use for you. That's why we talked about the, 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 the vine and the branch. We talked about this past Sunday that if we're the branch and God is the vine, if we dwell in him and he in us, we can bear much fruit. But if we dwell in him and he dwell in us or vice versa, whichever way, well, it's supposed to be both. But if we dwell in him and he dwell in us and we bear no fruit, guess what? He cut off the branch and throw it in the fire. That's another example of God is not into people that is not following following his purpose. I don't know if you think that hard, that's harsh or not. But I'm just telling you how God do things. He bring us all here, set us aside and anoint us to do his will, to carry out his purpose because he has a great scheme, a great plan to, to restore, to save all of us, to gather all of us that we will get to heaven one day and you are a part of that plan. But if you decide that you don't want it and you reject it and you abandon God, then he don't have a part for you because you're not carrying out the plan. It's important that we understand that God has a plan for us. And so, 
Samson hair was cut off. He lost his power. And when that happened, he was captive. The enemy, his enemy, the Philistine, the Philistine, that he was supposed to be delivering all the children of Israel out of the Philistines' hands. They came and they bound him. And they took him into captivity. How about that? Oh, Lord. This stuff is full of stuff. Let me tell you something. I always said, when God created us, because that's God's word, when God created us, he gave us dominion over everything. And what we do end up doing is let the things that he gave us dominion over, let them have dominion over us. How, is, how, does, how, does, that, how does that make sense? That God says, have dominion means to rule over everything in this world. But we somehow allow those things to start ruling over us. The, th- the same things that God says, have dominion. So God gave this brother power, authority, anointed him, set him aside, says, live this way. You're going to be powerful and you're going to do great things for me. You're going to deliver your people, deliver my people. Everybody's going to be good because you were born for this particular purpose. And when he rejected all of that, the enemy that God created him to defeat, they defeated him. The same enemy he was supposed to conquer, they conquered him. They could not conquer Samson. When Samson was on his game, I mean, he destroyed them. That's why they were plotting the whole time to get him. And they knew his weakness and they went after his weakness. Listen, you know your weakness and the enemy, the devil knows your weakness. Don't talk about your weakness. Pray about your weakness. I've seen it too often. The thing that bothers you the most, that you're concerned the most about, you talk about it so much that you stop thinking about God. You talk about it so much that you stop following the plan of God. You talk about it so much that you stop obeying the word of God. And now your problem, your weakness that you have, your, your situation you have becomes so important to you that you can't even think about the word of God. You can't even follow the word of God. We can't come to church. We can't pray. We can't read. Be- oh, God, help me tonight. Because we allowed the situation that was never going to be a problem for us because since God's anointing and God has called us with a purpose, since that is what God is doing in our life, nothing can really stop us. But because of our passion and desire for that situation to be better, we get lost in that situation and we get defeated by our enemy because we talked about it so much that the enemy says, I got you because I know what your weakness is. I know what's wrong in your life and I'm going to keep on bringing the heat. I'm going to keep on coming at you with that same situation because sooner or later I'm going to break you. That's what he did to Samson. I'm going to come at you till I break you. The only way to get over that is to know you got a situation and pray about your situation. 
God, I don't feel love. I want love. I want to feel the love of whoever is supposed to love me. I want to have a relationship where we're, we're affectionate and we're loving and we like to hold each other's hand and we like to go out together and we want to do things that we will like with each other like. That's what I want and I don't have that, Lord. But you can't go around talking about it because if you do, it will become bigger to you than the power of God, the anointing of God. You can't worry about it. You can only pray about it. God, my children ain't coming up to standard the way I want them. You can't keep talking about it so much that it becomes so, so, you know, impressed upon you that you can't get it together. God, my, 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 my spouse or God, you know, just all the things that we allow, the finances ain't working out right. God, we complain about these things that we just keep on talking about, keep on talking about, keep on talking, and just keep on building our life and keep on building. And before you know it, that's more important to us than the plan of God. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. We can't allow that to happen because God has anointed us. God has given us a purpose. God saved us. He called us before we was even formed in our mother's womb. God called us and he's got purpose in our life. And so the bottom line is what God wants to do in our life. He has given us and equipped us with what we need to accomplish his will. But we keep on focusing on the problem. Samson wouldn't leave his problem alone. When his daddy and his mommy told him, God had set you apart. God has even chosen the way you're supposed to, what you're supposed to eat, the things you're supposed to wear, the way you're supposed to live. God chose that for you. We had a visitation from God, and this is what he said, how you need to live your life. And so that's how you need to live it. And he still said, I don't care. I want that woman. That's what we do all the time. We keep telling God, I don't care that you anointed me. I don't care that you set me aside. I don't care that you have given me the, the ability and, and the power to do what you want for you. I don't care about it because this I need to handle myself. This I got to do. That's what we keep telling God. I got to do this. Samson told him that. And Samson never reached his potential because he kept telling this is what I want. But Samson didn't die a complete failure. Yes, he got captured. They, 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 they bound him and he, they took him into captive and he was now in their prison. We never read while Samson was in prison that anybody visited him. Nobody wrote him. He was in prison by himself. And so now he's in prison. And he was a laughing stock. And we read that... One time there was a big gathering, all the lords, all the governors, all the important people gathered in this demonic temple where they worshiped false idols. And they were all drinking and being merry. And one more time they wanted to laugh at Samson. Somebody said, go get Samson, we'll make him a sport. Go get him out of prison. We're going to bring him around front and, and, and we're going to make him be a sport and walk around grinding so we can look at him. This strong man that, that killed people with the, with the jawbone of a donkey. This strong man that's supposed to be Israelite deliverer. Oh, we're going to laugh at him. Bring him around here. It brought him around and he going around, he going around and he going around and he grinding and he grinding and they laughing at him. But while Samson was in prison, his hair started growing back. 
we're not understanding why we got to go to the bottom of the barrel. Why we got to sink real low. Why we got to come to a place of destruction and our enemy conquer us for a good time before we wake up. He was in the prison. And that's where his hair started growing back. That was God's mercy. As his hair grew back, God was saying, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm, I, I, I anointed you and gave you power when you were born. And you, you just gave it away and you did whatever you want. But my mercy and my love for you will always keep me reaching for you. His hair started growing back. He started feeling his strength. And Samson prayed one more time when they brought him around for sport. He prayed one more time and says, God, I feel you like I used to feel you. I can tell I'm, 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 I'm getting my strength back. Everything is, is going back to where it used to be. See, when you become familiar with what God is doing in your life, you will always know what that is. And so he starts feeling his strength against us. It's coming back. And he said, Lord, one more time, will you just anoint me again? But God never took his anointing. He gave it away. And when he got into the spot of where he was, he realized what was going on. He came to himself. I would call that in this day and age, he repented. He got to a place where he realized Oh, man, I messed up. God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. What you gave me, I took it for granted. I kept trying to do my own thing. I was chasing women, and that's and, 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 and you didn't want that for me. And so he got, got his strength back. And I believe, this is just my theory. This is the first time I'm going to insert my own little theory now. And I believe because because he felt like he didn't measure up. And he didn't do everything that God wanted him to do. I believe he killed those people and included himself because he felt like he disappointed God so badly. I believe Samson allowed himself to die with all those people he killed because he felt like I messed up. You know, how sometimes when we messed up, we try to be the judge of our mess. You can't be the judge of your mess. If you repent to God, God is fine with that and you move on. But that's why I kept te- I keep telling us sin will make us feel worse than we will ever imagine. And because of that sin that you do, it, God will always forgive you. But it lingers in your life, in your mind, and make you feel terrible. And sometimes you're trying to make yourself pay. You can't make yourself pay for your sins. And because Samson did all of that, I feel like instead of him just just still getting the strength to push down the temple and killing those people and move out of the way, I believe he says, I'm just going to die because you know what? I did a poor job with the anointing. I did a poor job with what God has given me. I'm telling you, I know there's men of God all over this world that felt like probably at their old age that I didn't do what God want me to. And instead of them fighting to live, they just gave up on life because they felt like I didn't do what God want me to do. If me and you live our life in disappointment, not doing what we believe God called us to do we might die before our time because we were so frustrated and so disappointed in ourselves we're going to not want to live and we might find ourselves dying before the time just because we didn't fulfill the purpose that God had set us aside for and anointed us for 
It works deeper than what you can see. You might feel like, okay, God has allowed him to, to be able to destroy those people and that's why, that's what God wanted. But the impact that sin had upon his heart just made him gave in and says, I'm going with them too. We gotta be careful with those sins that our desire and our passion is kindling in our life. All what Samson's parents taught him, it still was in him. This is why the scripture says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they shall not depart. Because just keep putting the word in them. We might be disappointed in how they live their life, but they might get it together right at the end and, and escape hell. They might get it together. You might be miserable the whole time they decide to reject God and live the way they want to live, even though you've told them you've been set aside for God. You've been anointed for God's purpose. You can tell them that till you're blue in the face, and somehow they just keep on just not listening. But just keep telling them anyhow. Don't you bite your tongue, and don't you try to pretty it up. Tell them straight up about God. They might not receive it at the time because the way they're living, but believe me, it might be the thing that saved them in their desperate dark hour. Samson remembered what his parents taught him. He recalled all of those things when he was in that cell where nobody was coming, when he was in the darkness and he, he had no hope. He had to recall all of what he was taught and he began to talk to God then. He repented. He got his life together before he, he was, before he died. But it's only because he recalled what he was taught. If there was nothing there because there was nothing taught to him, what would he have recalled? Samson experienced an appreciation that only contrast can bring. I always get a little disturbed with folks, especially young people, because they want to experience something. Instead of just taking your word. Instead of, I don't know if it takes to get older to understand that. But man, oh man, my dad's been sick and I've been going up to see him and checking him out and just watching him. And you don't have a choice but to start thinking about yourself. If that's my flesh and blood, that can happen to me at some point in time too. So if I, if I think like that, I got to know quite clearly through everything that what my parents are telling me, they're telling me out of what they know. Not what they're guessing. They're telling me because they know. They've gone through it. And I'm just hoping and praying for our children to get to the place where they realize your parents know what they're talking about. They've gone through it. I'll be an idiot right now if my dad is telling me what's wrong in his body and I just don't go to the doctor and don't check myself and don't treat myself right if he's saying he got to this age and this is happening to him. And I'm just going, well, that's my dad. Oh, that's just my dad. So I'm not going to realize that if that's my dad and the sickness that's in his body, it quite possibly can be in mine. Why would I ignore it? Well, that's what we're doing spiritually. That's what children are doing spiritually. They're committing suicide by just saying, well, that's you, mom. Really? That's you, dad. Really? Man, help us. You don't think I know what I'm talking about. 
You don't think I've been where you've been. I don't want to get to a place of because I get to a bad spot and, and things go bad. That's when I realize, oh, my parents was right. Why can't I know that they're right without going through a bad spot, without going through a bad situation? Hmm. The pillars of the enemy strongholds are no match to the child of God who has given himself completely to the stronghold of truth. Even when we are less than we should be, the mercy of God will be extended into places we would think we would be beyond his reach. So God's mercy will extend beyond what we think would be beyond God's reach. But I just don't want to go through that. I don't want to go through what Samson went through. I don't want to ignore God and keep resisting God and got to go through all that stuff, lose my anointing for a little bit. Well, not lose my anointing, but just go through a whole lot of mess and not be able to fulfill my purpose. And it's when I really hit rock bottom that I repent and ask God to forgive me. And then I do one last good thing before I leave out of here. I've wasted a lot of time. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't know if you want to do that. I don't want to do that. Why? Let me tell you something. Listen to, in Romans 6 and 1, Paul says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Because the Bible says, where sin abound, grace abound. That much more. So what we do is, we always say, well, God will forgive me because we know he's gracious. We always say, God will forgive me. And so we go with that scripture where sin abound, grace abound that much more. So when you're doing wrong, God's grace is, is always there for you. And so we go with that. And so, but Paul says, shall we continue in sin because we know that God's grace will abound? That was a question mark when Paul said that. Because sin will eventually take ownership of its pawn. Sin will take ownership of us if we keep practicing practicing sin. If we keep practicing sin, it will own us. Even if the anointing is strong as it was in Samson's life, if we keep practicing sin, it will own us. Oh, you know, I'm working at it. Oh, you know, I'm just, you know, you know, God understands. God do understand that you're struggling. But what I've been trying to say that I've gotten revelation and scripture back me up is sin don't affect God. Sin affects us. And the longer we stay in sin, the more it will own us. Listen to this. I've heard this said before. And when I saw this, I like, ooh, let's say it again. Listen to this quite carefully. Sin will cost you more than you are willing to pay. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. Yep, remember when I heard that. Sin will cost you more than you're willing to pay. We think 
We are willing to pay for what we do wrong. Oh, I'll just repent. I know some bad things will happen, but I'll deal with it. So we think that we can handle the payment of sin. But this say it will cost you more than you're willing to pay. So if you want to put it in dollars, you might have a couple thousand dollars in the bank and feel like, okay, this situation is going to cost me $1,500. let me pay the $1,500. I'll still have $500 left over in the bank. But what this is telling me is, I might think it's going to cost me $1,500, Luke, but it might cost me $2,500, and I only have $2,000 in the bank, which means I owe. Because I'm thinking I could have handled that. I'm thinking, oh, I got that under control. And this is telling me, no, you don't. You're going to pay more than you thought you was going to pay. And then you say, oh, you know, you know, it ain't going to be that bad. I'm just going to do this little thing right here. It's not going to be that bad, Daryl. Just this little thing right here. I'm only going to take one sip of that wine. It ain't going to be that bad. And before you know it, you can't stop sipping. Before you know it, you want more and more. Because this saying, sin will take you further than you want to go. You had no intention of just becoming a sipper and a drinker. You had no intention of just keep on doing that thing. But when you started, you thought you were just going to stop right here. But sin owned you and now it took you further. You're hoping that you can stop and you can't stop. When is this going to end? I've been repenting and praying and asking God to forgive me. And I find myself still doing it. When am I going to end this bad thing? This is like a nightmare. I can't get over it. I thought I could have gotten over this by now. Well, this say sin will keep you longer than you want to be kept. I just started out doing this. I know. But that's what sin is. Sin don't play, man. Sin don't play. And Samson overlooked sin. Samson thought he, because he was powerful from the gift that God had given him, that he had power over that sin. Samson failed to keep his eyes on the Lord doing his string of successes. I've said a lot of things tonight, and I'm winding this thing down. Try to keep your eyes on the Lord during your successful times. Please, our biggest challenge is when we're being successful and God is blessing us, we forget about him. We look at the blessings and not at the blesser. And so things are good and we're, oh man, I'm just blessed and highly favored. God is on my side and we're saying all these cliches. And we're not focusing on God. Too often we see God in desperation. You are God's child. God has anointed you and set you aside for His purpose. Why you gotta get desperate? And we end up seeking God only when we're desperate. When we experience, when we begin to experience success and the shining sun once again, we soon forget to keep our eyes. So we go to our lows, go through our lows, and we call out, God help me, and then he helps us, and then we forget about him again after he helps us. We must continue to trust in the Lord and look for God 
as desperately during our success as we do during difficult times. We sh- Nobody should be able to tell when you're going through bad times or good times. Uh. Nobody should be able to look at you and tell when you're going through bad times or good times. That doesn't mean play Superman. What it means is God is still God no matter what you're going through. God still had anointed you and set you apart no matter what you're going through. So if my house just caved in, if something bad just happened, when I, when you see me, I'm supposed to have the same God is awesome. God is able. God is amazing. God is wonderful. But your house, yeah. Listen, at, because of the time, the last preacher that preached, Wayne Huntley, Good man, because he took good care of me. Wayne Huntley preached an awesome sermon. And part of the sermon incorporated his house burning flat down to the ground. Nothing. He was in his house, foot up, no shoes on. Him and his wife just chilling. They heard, bow. What's that, honey? I don't know. They kept talking. Well, maybe we need to go check that. They went in the kitchen, nothing. They went outside, and the house was on fire. They had to stay outside. No shoes now. North Carolina, house burning. They can't go back in. His cell phone in the house. Wife did bring her cell phone out. These women always get a little, they always get a one-up on the men. Somehow these women are always a little bit smarter than us. So she brought her cell phone out, and they're out there. He got to borrow her cell phone, but they was out there, the fire trucks, everybody coming. House burning down to the ground. And the man preached like his hair was on fire the other day because of the times. He had nothing to worry about. You wouldn't, you couldn't tell it because of the times that his house burnt down flat. And listen, if you saw his house, he said every day, him and his wife drive up to their house. They say, one day the real owners of this house is going to show up. Their house was that nice that they can't even believe that they own something that nice. So every time they pull up in the driveway, they would say, honey, one day the real owners of this house is going to show up. So that's how nice the house was. So they were supposed to be devastated when that house was burnt to the ground. Man, dude preached. He called his best friend. He called his daughter first and told her what was going on. Now, honey, me and your mom are okay, but the house is on fire. That's what he called his daughter and told her. Then he called his best friend, Fred. No, who? which one is it? Is Fred? One, uh, Mark, 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 there's a Mark Foster and a Tom Foster. His best friend is Mark Foster. So he called Mark Foster. He said, Mark, me and Patsy's okay, but the house is on fire. Then Pastor Mangan called him. What's going on, Wayne? He says, my house is on fire. And Mangan starts shouting with him and says, yeah, God's getting ready to do something. These men of God, they so focused on God that they start talking about what God's getting ready to do. As a matter of fact, the sermon that he preached, God, no, the woman that he met that came from Salvation Army, that came to give them clothes. And he was like, when the Salvation Army people came, he says, listen, we don't need nothing. His whole house was burning down with all this clothing. Salvation Army came. He says, we don't need nothing. But the girl that was running all this, her name was Leah. And Anthony Mangan had told him, you can preach about Leah before he met Leah. When he met Leah, like Leah. And so all of this going on and all these men of God can think about was prophecy, preaching, the word of God. We don't need nothing. And he certainly don't. 
I mean, I, he didn't finish up the story, but I know this man. He is such a nice man. That's the only man that I ever met. I've driven a lot of preachers around, take them places when they come in to preach for us. And that man was the only preacher I picked up. And he says, come on, let's go to breakfast. And when we went to breakfast, he bought breakfast. Come on, let's go to Walmart. And when we went to Walmart, he says, pick something up, get some cologne or something. I pick something up. We, we pull up the gas station. I'm getting ready to pay. He says, is the district going to pay for this gas you put in the car? I said, I don't know. I'm just going to put the gas. And he said, no, 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 no. Let me pay for the gas. This man is a real man of God. Matter of fact, this is the man that really showed me how to preach. I knew how to put sermons together and how to communicate the word of God. But he taught me how to preach because there's a method. There's a way to preach. He taught me that. I'll never forget him. He is awesome man of God. House burned down to the ground. I don't know what happened, but all I know, I'm sure he has nothing to worry about right now. When your eyes are on Jesus, and that's the plan, the plan that God has for you, you're walking in it. And you know that you've been set aside. You don't have a thing to worry about. I'm sure the house that they will build after this will be probably nicer than the one that they had before. God has set you aside and has anointed you. He has destiny in your life. But there's so much behind it. There's so much more to it. All you have to do is just follow the direction that God has taken you in. This, Brother Tom said to me, and Barry always say this to me, man, you know what I was just thinking about? You just happened to preach about it tonight. People always say that. A lot of times, you know, this is what I was thinking. This is what I was going through. Whenever that's going on, what it means is you're following the path that God has set before you to follow. Whenever that happens is it means that I don't care how bad it look. I heard a preacher said down because of the times, you know, he said to God, God, why did Joseph had to go through all that stuff, all that detour to get to the, 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 the place where you want him? And God spoke back to him in a clear voice and says, Joseph took the direct route I had planned for him. I don't know if you know the story of Joseph, but there's a lot of problems that we would call problems. God called it a direct route to where he was taking him. And so when you come to church and you was struggling with this and you're hearing this, or you had a question about this and you hear this, you just need to shout. You just need to run. You just need to sing. Because what it means is you're following the path that God has set you aside and anointed you to go in. God will reveal to you when you come into the fullness of what he called you for. No need to worry about anything. You just stay the course where God has put you on and just keep on going because it never just happened overnight. And the route might seem like it's difficult because of all that, but it's a direct route. All of this stuff that we go through, it's a direct Root. It's what God had already set before you before the foundation of the world. You've been set aside and anointed to handle everything that you come in contact with. You are the only one that can stop you. You're the only one that could prevent God's will. Remember, nobody, oh Lord, Jesus said that nobody took his life, but he laid it down. Guess what? Delilah didn't take Samson's power. He laid it down. 
It's only when we lay it down can we be stopped. God has equipped us. God has anointed us. God has set us aside and has given us the instructions to follow where we're going. And the only way you can be stopped, the only way you don't fulfill your purpose is when you lay it down and says later for that. The only way. Lord, help us. I don't know. Maybe next Thursday we'll discuss this some more. This is just so much um, next Thursday we can talk about stuff like why do you think Samson continued to further his relationship with Delilah even after realizing she was trying to deceive him? Why we do stuff like that? Why we keep going in the wrong direction even though we know God is not pleased with it? Why do we keep doing the same wrong even though we know God is not pleased with it? We're laying it down. That's what we're doing. We're laying it down, Barry. We're saying, I hear you, God. And what we don't realize is, I just read to you about what sin do. We think we can just lay it down and pick it back up. Lay it down and pick it back up. You don't know the damage it's doing to you. We hear that cigarettes is not good for us. And some of us still smoke it. And in our minds, I'll stop smoking it before I get cancer. In our minds, I'll stop smoking it before it can do any serious damage. But you know what the, you know what the big thing is? You're not on the inside of your body seeing the damage it's costing. You're not inside of your body. You don't know what's going on inside of your body. You can only once in a while feel what you feel, but you don't know the damage. And when you finally go to the doctor, it might be more damage than you thought it was giving you. Who fault is that? Well, it's the same thing with sin. You keep on disobeying God and walking how you want to walk and live how you want to live and it's ruining something on the inside spiritually and you don't know what it is until you really examine it, you realize, I'm more ruined than I thought. I'm more weaker than I thought. I don't have the energy to pick it up again. I'm just disgusted. I'm just going to kill myself. All right, let me stop right here because this is so much. I can go all night long. I, I, God got me into this Samson thing and there's so much involved in this. Oh, my goodness. It's like a lifetime of a lifestyle that we need to get from Samson. It's so much that's going on. It's so much that's going on. When God set, when God brought Samson in, he brought him in to deliver the, the, the children of Israel, but he told him how to live. He told, well, Samson didn't even know how to live. He told the parents. And I'll go as far and I'll stretch it a little bit. He told the pastor how you need to live. I know some people don't like that. In this day and age, everybody know what they know. In this day and age, everybody can do what they want. But I'm just telling you, God told the pastor. You can take that any way you want, but God told the pastor how you need to live. And the bottom line is, when I tell you, you can do whatever you want. But you see what happened to Samson. Let us stand. We're going to pray and talk to the Lord and we'll get out of here. There's, there's so much. Next week, maybe we'll talk about this some more. I don't know if um, this is something that we need to just share one week. It, it's just too much. I just believe w- w- me going through this and reading this and studying this, I, I just I said to myself, I told you what I said at the beginning. I wish everybody can be here to hear this. 
I wish everybody can hear it. That's just me wanting people to learn and grow. But if you can, share it with your children. This is something important because our children is bent on they want to do their thing. Can you talk to them about Samson, please? Can you share with them about Samson, that God had commanded how Samson was supposed to live his life? And because Samson disobeyed his parents and just got with this woman that God says no to, he just kept on going all over the place doing whatever he wants because he did the wrong thing. He wouldn't listen. Will you listen? Will you get your children to listen? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, all throughout studying Samson, you were speaking to us. You spoke to me. And you've spoken to us in this church service tonight. And oh my God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice will awaken. That they will trust you. That they will not lay down the anointing. That they will not lay down their purpose. But God, they will allow you to work in them. That they will trust you with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul. That they will walk in the path of righteousness. That God, they will seek to please you and not worry about everyone else. Not worry about their critics. Not worry about people that's laughing at them. Not worry about people that's talking about them. But all they will want to do is walk in the purpose and the power of God. That they will, all they want to do is to please you for what you've chosen them to do. What you've anointed them to do. I pray, Lord God, that there will be a move of your power within inside of our heart and our life.